Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Cleaner than yours there, Carl. It's just going to be just me. <laughs> I know. I need to clean up the behind the scenes sometime. But someday. Oh, man. All this talk about uh, the monkey tail and playing the guitar. We need to have some sort of celebration if the... Uh, if Aaron Rodgers does come to the Broncos, but uh, we'll see. And we're waiting for John to get the uh, the green check on the other Facebook group there. He looks like he's doing the spinning wheel. Thumbs up. All right, Carl. Tuesday night, the floor is yours. All right. Well, everyone, welcome into Building the Broncos. I am your host, of course, Carl Dumbler. And joining me as always, Mr. Nick Kendall. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I am doing very well. I'm happy to be here. That's blue skies here. I went on two hikes this weekend, um, so I'm exhausted, but uh, knocked out about... 16 miles and 7,000 feet of elevation gain. So uh, my legs are feeling it and uh, just getting ready for this weekend. I'm jonesing, man. I'm kind of over the hump with football. I can uh, obviously come back to the Aaron Rodgers stuff right now, but uh, I'm excited and I'm super excited to be in here with you. Kind of some normalcy going on. We got John in the background again. So uh, things are vibing right now. It's all, it's a good vibes podcast. That is, it is. And Broncos solved their right tackle position, right? Yeah, Maybe. sure. <laughs> we'll talk about that here later today. So uh, very excited just to yeah get to talk some football and, and just kind of all the hype of the draft, kind of getting to come down a little bit on that, have some of our, our thoughts on the draft a little bit more and really break it down a little bit more like what we love to do. Uh, so this, yeah, it is. It's very, very exciting to get into all this. And so want to make sure everybody that you're following us on Twitter, you can find me at Carl Dumbler MHH, Nick at Nikindle MHH, and the – BTB football pod, Twitter account at BTB football pod. Make sure you guys are on there that you subscribe to it. Make sure you're also heading over to the facebook.com slash forward slash mile high huddle to become a supporter of the show. Uh, All of our shows get posted there. So if you miss one, that's where you can go find it. You can find it on YouTube as well. Um, You know, just look up mile high huddle or uh, huddle up pod. One of the two and or BTB football pod. You can look up all these kind of things. Huddleuppod.com is where you can get all this nice, nice stuff right here. Oh, it looks like Carl froze out because I see John moving in the background. So I'll take over the intro from here. Um, guys, you can also subscribe, like and share. That's probably the most important thing you can do to support us today other than Super Chats. But uh, not everybody can do that. But something totally free. You guys can subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Hit the bell, uh, hit, get notifications to go on, and uh, 
yeah, that's a heck of a lot of help. And now you get find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash farm energy assessment. I can really see the, the big screen of my office going on here. Shout out to the wife who uh, put the flag up there in the background. You got a Bronco flag, don't you? Absolutely. Super Bowl 50. Hopefully we can get a few more back there pretty soon. Um, you guys, again, at Nick Kendall MHH. And let's say hello to a bunch of people in here uh, before we get Carl back in here with the, the internet dropping there for a second. We got George Newton in the house saying hello peeps hello to you george over on youtube hope you're doing well today uh, let's keep it let's keep them rolling we got holden adams in here what's up broncos country rocking out i see the Cortland sutton uh, picture there in the background what's up with you holden hope you're doing well thanks for joining us jay kozat hello hello to you jay good to see you here happy tuesday um and we got rebels legacy sup family how you doing rebels good to see you hopefully things are going well over on your end and rivera joining us this morning and double dipping with uh, the Broncos uh, Huddle Up podcast today. Uh, hi, Nick and Carl and Broncos Country. So Carl is probably restarting his computer right now. I'll get him in in here in a second. But uh, hello to Ann Rivera. Uh, I appreciate her her comments in the chat, keeping the comments lively. We got Andrew Mar- Morrow coming in here saying, good evening to the best MHH pods, to the best of the MHH pods. Well, obviously not the best of the reading the comments because blue, but uh, thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate that uh, holding both trophies there in the background. See, that's what I need on both sides of the flags here. Flag here. I need I need a Lombardi trophy, Lombardi trophy. I'll talk to the Bullens. Maybe they'll hook me up. That would be great. Um, but uh, and we got Big E coming in as well. What's up, Carl and Nick? Uh, what's up to you, Big E? Hope you're doing well. Good to see you in here today. It's uh, It's been a bit. Um, Jamal Killings. Jamal. Always coming in here. Killings it. I'm sure he gets that a lot. But uh, hello, Broncos country. Hello to you, Jamal. Hope you're doing pretty well today. Greg Smith, also one of our great listeners. Man, we got we got the gang in here today. Uh, John Libick in here. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello there, John. How you doing? Ernie Mays, the one and only, the legendary Ernie Mays, the the, the king of the uh, Broncos Facebook group. Always uh, the king of positive energy, too. Talking about good vibes. Ernie's a guy. And also good vibes. Carl, welcome back. How you doing? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. How's McDonald's? I have no clue what happened there. Like my internet said it went out for like two seconds and then just popped right back up. It's like, Oh, sorry about that. I don't, yeah. don't lie. Uh, you went on a beer run. That's the, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, I'm out of the craft beer. <laughs> Nick needs an IPA for the, uh, the Paxton Lynch. I should have put interest on that bet. Honest to God. I, I you'd have to buy mm-hmm. me a brewery by now. Um, but, uh, yeah, no man, it's, I'm happy to be here. 
Um, we are saying hello to everybody in here. We got Robert Caslow's in the house. I see Albert Knoppers is in the house. Uh, Dave Glassman is in the house. Um, so a lot of good people. Facebook user. Um, it said, sorry, guys, Facebook is not showing stars. Well, Facebook user, that's okay. Um, and Don Lovato saying uh, great stream. So let's get to it. Um, there is some Broncos news today, Carl. Uh, and the Broncos made, you hinted at it, a big move. A big move at right tackle, signing the one and only Ryan Pope, the legendary Ryan Pope, right? Uh, we saw the red chimney or the red smoke come out of the chimney, right? You're, yeah. you're not Catholic, but you know what I'm talking about. I, I do, um, yeah. <laughs> six foot seven, uh, 320 pounds, if that's off the top of my head. A big boy yep. uh, was with the Packers last year. Did not play. I don't even know if he was active any of those plays or any of the games even. But uh, another option for right tackle. And to me, this isn't the Broncos solving the right tackle spot. This is Calvin Anderson versus Ryan Pope. You know, the Joker snapping the pool cue over his leg and tossing into the middle of the the, the room, <laughs> saying, "Okay, good luck. Whoever whoever wins is is part of the gang now." So uh, I yeah. think I think that's what I take here. It's 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 a depth move uh, for right. the Broncos, and it's white smoke. Ah, see what our our pals not, letting us know. So not Catholic. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I feel like I saw that in the uh, Da Vinci Code or something. That's that's, that's yeah. like, oh, that's cool. That's weird. There you but go. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're right. It, it's th- this guy hasn't even taken a snap in an NFL game yet. I, I just looked it up just to, to kind of see because I was like, well, is there anything I can go watch on this guy to even see what he's done in the NFL? Nope, <laughs> nothing. Uh, so, it, it, yeah, like George Newton is saying here, he is just depth. That's the the point here. Maybe that swing tackle for the Broncos, and and maybe it is just a little. If they do get Aaron Rodgers, somebody that maybe he has signed off on, I, I don't know. I mean, there's always – I know the Packers have accused the Broncos and the 49ers of tampering and talking to him directly, and uh, good luck proving that unless yeah. Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, here's my phone records. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is really excited to go give his phone records to the Packers. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, it just that, – that kind of player, they're still bringing in a bunch of guys tomorrow from what it sounds like to – bring them in for a workout and then go through their physicals and all those kind of things. So yeah, this is just one move among uh, many others that they're still going to make. There's still some really good right tackles on the market. Uh, I know you're going to list off some here for us that, that the Broncos are bringing in. So I, I'd still expect more for the position moving forward. Yeah. And I think this is kind of an interesting thing. A lot of people think that this is in wake of the Juwan James injury, and it probably is a little bit, but I honestly think this is much more of a move that is would have happened regardless of Juwan James. This is the depth guy where the Broncos didn't walk out of the draft with a tackle. Well, we've seen Calvin Anderson better at left tackle than right tackle. It's year three or four for him. But somebody in there, I mean, probably Munchak, but somebody in there, like what they saw with Ryan Pope, and uh, brought him in. So I think this is this is much more a depth signing that is independent of Juwan James. This is the, yeah. the, tackle, the, the tackle that they didn't get in the draft where they were sniped three different times to bring in at least provide depth there. And uh, it's between them and Calvin Anderson. So um, you did right. hint though, the Broncos are bringing in some other guys. And also uh, Ryan Pope is reportedly signing according to P- Tom Pelissero, but he still needs to pass a physical. So not, not finalized yet, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's probably a 99% chance that happens unless something crazy occurs, but the uh, Broncos are also bringing in Dennis Kelly, who uh, they've been linked to a lot. He played for the Titans last year. And uh, while he didn't give up any sacks, good amount of pressures, um, so, uh, you know, hats off, I guess, to Tannehill, although Tannehill kind of invites some of that pressure too sometimes. So we'll see, uh, Cameron Fleming and also, uh, Bobby Massey. So some guys who have been some right tackles in the league for a while, guys that aren't like needle movers, you know, yeah. they're not going to be dominant tackles, but, uh, they're, they're going to be a step up from uh, what we saw with DeMar Dotson last year and probably Elijah Wilkinson as well. So 
not a position you want to be in, obviously, uh, with the Joan James stuff. And that's a week ago today we found that out. But, uh, you know, they're pivoting and there are options on the market. So uh, and I, yeah. I knew that you were a little bit uh, bummed a little bit before we got in here about the guy who you were hoping the Broncos to bring in to, to be right tackle. What's going on there? Yeah, so Charles Leno played left tackle for the for the Bears for a lot of years now. I'm trying to remember how many years has he been there. It feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been been a very solid left tackle. Never spectacular by any means, but he's gotten the job done. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit surprised they made this kind of decision to to move on from him, especially when you add a rookie quarterback. You yeah. kind of like to have that great veteran that you know is going to do his job. Uh, but they, they decided to move on. But he says that he only wants to play left tackle. And uh, I wouldn't mind trying to see him make that move to right tackle. I know there would have been some growing pains with that kind of decision because like you've said before, uh, it's kind of like learning to, yep, wipe yourself with one. Yeah. (laughs) I won't go too much into detail there, but uh, you get the point, but it's still, it would have been a challenge. And, but I I think he would have had maybe the highest upside to be like that day one high contributor for the Broncos. I really like Dennis Kelly. I have watched quite a few of his games now that he's been linked to the Broncos. And you're right. He gave up a lot of pressures. Some of that was Tannehill, but a lot of times it was him getting caught lunging at a player, trying to get that first punch in. He likes that first punch. And if he wins the first punch, he wins the the rep. But there's times where he really gets caught leaning and guys like Vaughn Miller would love this kind of guy to go into a matchup because, oh, you want to try to punch me? Good luck. I'm going to spin right around you. And so there's a lot of plays where he gives up the interior pressure because he just is trying to get too much into it. Yeah, with uh, with Kelly, I kind of have some interesting thoughts on him. Yeah, he's a guy where I typically wouldn't value him as much in a vacuum because he is much more of a run-blocking tackle yep. than a pass-blocking tackle. And if I was building a team, you know, if you can contribute in the run game, that's great, but passing is what wins football in, in today's NFL. Yeah, but... But you also have to be aware enough of where you are as a team. What's the identity of your team? How are you going to win? And this Broncos team, they're not the the 2013 Broncos, right? They're not even the Chiefs or uh, any yep. of the high-passing teams in the NFL right now. This is a team that is defensive-oriented, and they have two big, big boys at running back. That's probably going to be the offensive identity of this team. And you can win football games that way. I, I, I would argue it's not as efficient. You don't have as much of a upside offensively when you do that. But still, there are different ways to win football games, different ways to build teams. So uh, Kelly makes sense if they are leaning into taking the ball more out of the quarterback's hands, uh, maybe doing a little bit more play action stuff, getting the ball down the field, but limiting the the volume and leaning into the uh, running back duo that they have. So Albert saying on our way to Missouri, well, Albert, the the state of misery, as my family would call it down (laughs) there in in, uh, Moberly, Missouri area. But uh, have fun. And that's a... I had a lot of good memories in Missouri growing up, but that's just because they had, they had a dock on one of the lakes down there. It was a good time. Yeah, I uh, grew up KU fan, and so we always had lots of rivalries with Missouri. Everybody thought it was KU K State. No, it was KU Missouri. That was the the rivalry. What's the name of that rivalry? Wasn't there like a trophy like a telephone? Yeah, oh, it's like man. the border I, war. Uh yeah, yeah, the border war. It was. It was. You're right. Uh, man, that's impressive. It's been so long since they moved to the SEC. Uh, but oh Carl, I played, I played so much NCAA football, so much. And I had like the trophy case. So I, yeah. and I would, I would just play games just to earn the trophies, you know, like, so like, I didn't care. Like, I know like Georgia, Florida is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yeah. Why? I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's a good story there, but uh, it's just that the college football is great that way. Yeah. 
Um, so speaking of great, coming in here with the $5 super over on YouTube. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on in here. Uh, Tuesday evening, building the Broncos. Shadow Jack uh, coming in here. I'll keep the expectations low for draft picks. I say just impress the coaches and get adequate playing time. Well, Shadow, I think that is that is reasonable. I see some people yeah. talking about, and this is a good lead into the conversation here, that the, the main topic about the, the Broncos rookie years, expectations and roles and whatnot. Um, the first guy I want to talk about is obviously the first pick, Patrick Sertan, the second coming in here, the ninth overall pick. A lot of people hoping for Justin Fields. It's, you know, it's going to be okay. You can pivot. You, there's, there's hope still. And uh, it's just the Broncos got to find themselves a quarterback, whether that be Drew Locke or somebody else. So uh, yeah, still hope out there. Um, but uh, I talked about this leading into the draft, you know, like somebody like you bring in a cornerback. That's great. And like, how does Patrick Sertan fit this year? Because the Broncos cornerback room is so deep. Well, mm-hmm. How did Jeffrey Okuda do last year as the number three overall pick? And granted, Matt Patricia's defense, the Detroit <laughs> the, the Detroit Lions defensive personnel in general, bad. But like Okuda really struggled. He was he was yeah. he was borderline bad. I'm not worried about him. I think he's still going to be a good player, but he was bad. And uh, C.J. Henderson, number nine overall pick, um, I think, uh, and he struggled as well. I mean, literally, I can't even think of a uh, cornerback who was that good last year. Maybe Jalen Johnson for the Bears, but he kind of tra- he tailed off a little bit who, too. Who was the guy for the Chiefs? Oh, uh, Sneed. Yeah. yeah. He oh, had a I decent year. Yeah, he did. But they like played him as like a press slot and he had yeah. like, he got to play with a lead every single game. So, I mean, he was fine, but he was not like put on an Island. So uh, you're right. But typically even top cornerbacks, they can take a little bit of time. So I think that's, that's a good point here. Uh, what, what do you think of Carl? Or is Patrick Sertan going to come out as a cornerback one? And this Broncos team is going to rival the 2015 no fly zone with the, the depth of corners they have. No, <laughs> That's unrealistic for him to be cornerback one right off the bat. And thankfully, yeah. with the Broncos, he doesn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, you got Fuller on one side. You got Darby on the other. You still got Callahan. All three of those guys have played at a very high level in the NFL, uh, even all pro level for a couple of them. Uh, I mean, you, you could argue Callahan was one of the best coverage cornerbacks in football last season uh, yeah. before he went down with injury. And, of course, Fuller, he's been an all pro before. Uh, so... I mean, that's the nice thing is he is not going to be asked to be put on the toughest matchups right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, I do like somebody compared him to what, what player was it? Um, oh, shoot. There's another me, player that they, what? Give me a hint. Uh, it was a safety. That oh, Derwin like, James. Yeah. Derwin James. That's right. Yeah. They, they compared him in size and kind of what he does. And so that kind of, uh, that kind of idea you, yep. That kind of idea of he could be that almost that coverage safety slot corner, get there with some of those uh, those tight ends where he has that size to actually match up with them and not be overmatched. So, yeah. I mean, when you're talking AFC West, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, those are tough matchups. And if you get a guy yeah. that can actually cover them one-on-one, sometimes you don't ask him to do that the entire game. I I hate that people kind of have that idea of, oh, just put him on there. Let him shut that guy down. It doesn't work that way in the NFL. Are the Broncos like really ever going to do that though? Like they play so much split field safety that like the, the thought of an Island cornerback in this defense, you don't really see it. Right. right? They're not playing single high. They're definitely not playing cover zero. Those safeties are coming down and kind of being that de facto linebacker in the run fits. And uh, you're sacrificing a little bit of like yards per carry in the run game. But if that means you're not giving up balls over the top in the pass game. Okay. Great. Yeah. I invite the run game. Um, so uh, I think that's a good point. And uh, I think I hope the. I mean, the Broncos are smart, but I will say I didn't see anybody else call him, uh, compare him to Derwin James and that tight end role until I put it on Twitter. And then a bunch of Twitter accounts. 
I won't name any names, um, used the exact pictures I used and posted yeah. that and said the exact same thing with their Twitter. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. this looks familiar. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did put that out there. And then I also saw, um, Alb- heard Albright, Benjamin Albright, uh, Denver Insider, recently say that uh, the Broncos are looking to use more six defensive back sets and uh, they would utilize Patrick Sertan as kind of a matchup player against big slots and tight ends. I didn't hear about that until I said it, you know, obviously, but the Broncos are smarter than me. So uh, good for them. So um, we Don Lovato coming in here saying, I heart Satan might be part. Uh, oh, I heart Satan might be part of the. I heard the Rogers. I heard. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think the, this Sertan sounds like is a guy that this team actually loves. Like, it's not like conflicting stuff where we hear about one player, like what PR says versus like what we're hearing in the back channels. I won't name any names, um, but uh, it sounds like both like the, the front stuff and the back. They love this guy. Like yep. he was one of their top players. They're really excited to see what he can do in this team, in the scheme. He's versatile. He's smart. He's, I don't even know if he's 21 years old yet. So I would be shocked if Sertan was part of the deal. I think you're much more likely to see, unfortunately, which kind of rubs me wrong. But if you saw like a blue chip uh, dip, defensive player, it would be like a Chubb or a uh, Draymond Jones. I, th- I think it might be less than that. You never know with uh, yep. Rodgers and this situation. It's a weird, unprecedented situation, but uh, um, I'm excited about him. And uh, I think that's a good, that's a good bit. And, so your one expectation, do you think he is one of the top three cornerbacks? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen here? No, I I expect those other three to get the first crack at it. And okay. I mean, he's going to get plenty of snaps just because, like you said, they're going to play a lot of six defensive backs. Yeah. And he's going to be that next guy on. So yeah. kind of like Will Parks was that sixth guy last year. This is going to be your uh, – he's probably more like fourth or fifth because of injuries. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was meant to be more of kind of that sixth guy coming in. That that's what you're going to see with him, and yeah, and I, I mean to have that kind of six guys on the field when you're talking about the two safeties that the Broncos already have, the three corners and him, man, that that's a great secondary. Yeah, and I do want to we want to get to Javante Williams here. We have a super talking about Javante, so I I see it. We'll get that pivoted up here in a second. But with um Patrick Sertan, also I am curious. Uh, do you think Bryce Callahan's days are numbered? It's it's not Bryce Callahan's fault. He was a really good player last year, but I think the Broncos can save nearly $8 million moving on from him. I think Ronald Darby could play slot in this defense just fine. And if you are like, what is it? I saw somebody earlier say like, what's the point of like creating money when you already have cap? I mean, you can just roll that over year after year, right? Like you can yeah. pretty much do whatever you want. Then like, look at the Colts. They have like sitting on 50 million. And it's not because they have that little, or they're paying that little on their actual roster. It's just because they are able to roll over year after year after year and just accumulate that. So I yeah. think, I think there is an outside shot where just the numbers game, I know Bryce Callahan was good last year, but he's been injured two years in a row last year of his contract over 30 years old slot position is one of the easier ones to replace in the defense. Um, so I don't, I think there's, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think you need to ponder that, uh, that yeah. possibility for 8 million. I mean, it, that's, that's not a small chunk of change. Yeah. I, I mean, and a lot of this will depend on what happens probably with, uh, obviously the Rogers situation, uh, he's wanting a new contract. Yeah. It sounds like the Packers made him an outstanding offer and he turned it down. Yeah. And so if you have to come up with some money, that that's an easy way to come up with money and still feel good about the position. Um, yeah. so uh, it's not my top choice. I'd still love to have Callahan because I think he's a great player mm-hmm. and I'd rather keep that unit as strong as possible, especially with how many injuries seem to hit, hit that position for the Broncos. Yeah. But, uh, I agree. Yeah. I just think it's it's one of those things where you look at the contract, the injury history, the age, yeah, how much depth they have. It's like, mm, I mean, I, I could see it. I don't think they should, but if they if they did it, I'd be like, well, this is why it makes sense. Yeah. Don't love it. It makes sense. So um, let's get now to moving on. So uh, Patrick Sutan, 
I think he's going to push pretty hard for a lot of playing time early on. And yep. with how much injury history with Callahan and Darby, et cetera, uh, tight ends in this division, flexing out against running backs in this division, his rookie year, he played the star position, a lot of stuff. So uh, now to the Broncos next pick. pick. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. 35 we got george newton coming in here over on youtube with a five dollar super saying javante williams reminds me of alvin kamara this kid is going to make an impact so uh what do you think here carl uh, alvin kamara is pretty pretty darn high praise yeah i i would say the kind of impact they can make is is similar in that they are both great as runners and pass catchers yeah but I, i'd say that's kind of where the the similarities stop <laughs> Because yeah. Javante Williams is a, a bruiser. I mean, he, he's a guy that will be going down the middle. He'll knock people over. Uh, he'll make people miss. He's not as fast as Alvin Kamara by any means. I mean, Alvin Kamara is that quick twitch kind of guy that's just going to make people miss in the open field. Uh, he, he's going to get into routes real quick. He could play that slot receiver. I don't see Javante Williams ever playing slot receiver. That's just not his game. I will say that it's the big thing with that makes Kamara such a weird player. He's he's rubber and he's got incredible balance and yep. uh, he can take a lot of uh, punishments, a wrong word, but like contact uh, from the belt down and yep. maintain balance. And Javonta Williams does that really well. Also, he's like water, yep. you know, from the waist down, he just water. Um, so uh, I, I can see that the biggest thing here is Javonta Williams. He doesn't have the, the, hasn't shown doesn't mean he can't he's another really young guy um but he doesn't hasn't shown the pass catching chops that you've seen from alvin kamara so the hands look soft on tape but the volume i think he never had more than like 30 att- or 30 attempts thrown to him uh targets that's the word yep. i'm looking for so um we could see there and, um go ahead oh i just want to say i know tyler's got to get out of here so i wanted to give a shout out to him real quick uh Absolutely. we'll catch the pod after work just wanted to hop in the show and show some love tyler 
thank you for showing us some love and uh, we're, we're glad that you, you love listening and, and, uh, and hopefully it'll be a good one for you to listen to after, after work, you know, give you a little incentive to, to push through all those hours of, of grinding. Yeah, I just really want to give a shout out to Tyler because he comes in here consistently and is uh, showing us the love, uh, making supers and leaving good comments. So uh, just know that we we see you and we really do yep. appreciate you for everything that you do. And it's not just the building the Broncos, although, I mean, Carl and I always love it when you join us. Yep. Um, but it's I mean, it's Broncos for breakfast as well. I've seen him Mile High Insider. So uh, we really do appreciate that, Tyler. And uh, yep. hopefully we'll catch you catch you later. Um, so um, Alvin Kamara, though, honestly, watching Javante Williams, this is another guy who catches the ball pretty well but not to the extent of Alvin Kamara, but I kind of saw more Kareem Hunt um, yep. where he is shifty. And Melvin Gordon, you said a comment earlier. I'm not going to roast you too much for it, but where you said that he was more explosive than Melvin Gordon, where I don't think I see that with Javonta Williams. Javonta Williams is much more balanced and twitched in like short areas where Melvin Gordon's more of a slasher, right? Like you see Melvin Gordon get to the second level and he can be like a, a thoroughbred going through. That's not really, I don't see the breakaway speed with Javonta Williams. Um, but he can be a hammer and I just, the balance yeah. and the short area quickness is, it's different. Like despite them having the similar body types, they do, they have, the power game is different. They're like the yeah. two different types of power games. Like, how is this going to work? Well, they're a little different. Yeah. Um, so now that we're talking about it, Melvin Gordon, obviously this Broncos team, they're looking for an inside zone running back. Um, the guy who can bang between the tackles. We saw it with Philip Lindsay last year. Didn't work. A lot of people hate mm-hmm. Shermer for it. You, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah. uh, now they bring in another guy who is a power guy inside zone, can do trap, pin pull, uh, counter, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure about the outside zone fit. I'm not sure how often they'll actually do that. But uh, you can do a lot of different stuff between the tackles. Um, what does this mean for Melvin Gordon this year? Right? Like if you trade up in the second round, early second round for a running back, it, mean, it means something, right? Right. I mean, it, it means Melvin Gordon's going to start the season because, I mean, you're still paying him big money. Money talks yeah. to I mean, yeah. if we're talking draft position and money, they're, they're pretty equal. Yeah. Uh, I think what was it? The the Browns paid like eighteen million for 16, or fifteen, yeah, fifteen or sixteen million for a second round pick. So it's kind of showing what kind of value they they value a second round pick at. Um, I, I think they're going to let Javante Williams kind of work into it a little bit because that's what he did in college too. He split carries, so it kind yeah. of worked out well for him that way. Uh, but I think by the end of the season, you really could see Javante Williams being the the main featured back. Melvin Gordon might start the game, but you might see Javante Williams end up with more carries uh, just I mean, because he is that true three down back. And and Melvin Gordon is too. I mean, that, that's the nice thing is both guys, you sub them in, you don't know what you're doing. You, or the defense doesn't know what you're doing. That that was the problem last year was there one running back came in. You're like, oh, they're running the football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Melvin Gordon's got to clean up his fumbles. It does put a lot more pressure on him. Yeah. Of hey, <laughs> you could lose your job with one fumble, buddy. Yep. And so you're you're hoping that he's working on that as much as possible. Um, and it's a cliche. It's a cliche. Yeah. Ball security is job security. I mean, it's yep. coaches say that, right? If you protect the football, and that goes beyond the running back. Also, it's uh, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as well, right? Like if Drew Locke protects the football, he's got more upside than Teddy Bridgewater. But if he's turning it over, sorry, buddy, like you're going to be benched. This team is not going to accept it this year. That's something that yep. the offensive coaches, defensive coaches, the personnel, the front office guys. Don't turn the damn ball over. So uh, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Um, but uh, we got Ann Rivera coming in here again. Javonta Williams will be a beast. My RB1 in the draft. Broncos had 13th ranked run offense. We should be inside the top 10 this year. And I'm really excited about Javonta Williams, but I am a thorough believer. I, I, running backs don't matter is definitely meant to be overstated. Like it, it's a joke. But yeah. running backs success is far more dependent on the situation around them than the actual running back talent themselves. 
So uh, if the Broncos interior offensive line struggles, if Lloyd Cushenberry is not getting a push, if they can't figure out right tackle, um, if teams are packing the box because they don't respect the passing game, those are far more going to have far more impact on the running game this year for the Broncos than the actual running backs they have. Now it doesn't hurt yeah. to have good running backs, but like they are, de- they are very dependent on the situation, the guys around them executing um, right. to create favorable situations. So we'll see. I just, I need to see it to believe it from the run blocking unit it needs to be better than it was last year. And, Pass, uh, passing as well. Yeah. And I, I would say one last thing. Um, some of it's also going to depend on how the offense itself is doing. You know, the, yeah. the run game, a lot of teams that have strong run games, it's because they're playing with a lead. Yeah. The Broncos yeah. can't get that lead anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's why also the Broncos have been down on sacks because they, have, they don't have a lead to actually go after the quarterback. And but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That too. All right. Let's get to some other supers here. We have Shadow Jacker coming in. Uh, since Tebow. <laughs> Is a tight end for the Jaguars. How about Jamarcus Russell as a right tackle? <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to throw another one out here. This might be a little bit deeper for your uh, your draft nerds out there. Have you seen what former top ten overall pick at cornerback D Milner looks like these days? Uh-uh. And gosh, don't don't get nervous about uh, top ten cornerback from Alabama busting. But uh, he, uh, I think he could play offensive tackle these days. He yeah. is a uh, he's a big boy. It's uh, he's out of the league and. Uh, <laughs> He's just enjoying life, I guess. Uh, okay, but, uh, maybe, okay. I don't know. Let's uh, Jamarcus Russell versus D Miller. Let's see it, Shadow. Thank you very much for the $5 super over on YouTube. Yeah. And guys, if you are joining us on YouTube today, please, again, like, subscribe, and share if you're enjoying the content. So that way we can get out there more people. And uh, Chad doesn't turn off the lights on us. He says, you know what? Nah, I don't need it. So uh, it's good to have different voices out there, right? Don't want to have the same opinion out there. Different personalities, different flavors. Uh, speaking of, one of my favorite flavors, Mr. Boggins. I tried to say that essentially as possible for him. Um, can, can we discuss the upside of Jamar Johnson? If he learns to tackle, mm, there's the sensual. Also, do you believe in love after love? I think maybe he meant life after love, love after love. Oh, I get it. Um, he means Jordan love after Aaron Rodgers moves on. Well, yeah. um, I like it. I like it all. I, I, I don't believe in Jordan love, but uh, I believe in him to the extent that uh, if the Broncos can get Rodgers, then, um, uh, you go, Jordan Love. Yeah, you go yeah. do your thing in the green in Green Bay. You know, <laughs> have fun. Um, uh, I guess we could skip around a little bit. We don't have to go directly yeah. down the draft order here, since Mr. Boggins is coming in here and being so gracious with the five dollar super. Um, Jamar Johnson, Jamar Johnson. I think I went back and watched some more of his games, and while he was good at Indiana this year, I feel like he maybe was a little bit overhyped for the Ohio State game. Like he had the best game on the biggest stage. Good for yeah. him. Um, that I think led to him being a little bit overrated by some in the media now, but getting him the fifth round, I didn't think he'd be like, I saw some people had him ranked at like in the top 60. I don't see that, but getting yeah. him 140, 160, whatever the heck it was, I might even be in later um, fifth round uh, that that's good value. So I'm excited yeah. to see him. I'm, I think the Broncos have a need coming up at cornerback. They want to play more defensive backs in general, but are, excuse me, safety. Um, it's the same thing I said earlier. It's the Joker snapping the pool cue over his leg and it's Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. You see Kareem Jackson's spot right there. One of you guys can get this. Yeah. Go compete. We, we right. double shot, especially in the fifth round. Like people are like, oh, why did you draft two safeties? They're two fifth round picks, right? You, you yep. doubled up your chances of one of them being a viable starter for a position that you can get day three right. and you don't need to play day one. So uh, I like Jamar jo- a lot. I think he can probably do, I think he's better split field than Caden Stearns. I think Caden Stearns, you're going to see more of rotating down to the slot than you would see from Jamar. Some of that is based on tackling, but I do think he can improve his tackling. And um, he's honestly, he's really going to have to because before he gets on the field defensively, He's going to have to prove it on special teams. Right. If you can't tackle on special teams and you're not physical on special teams, you're going to get lit 
up. So, uh, right. We'll see. But uh, I, good pick. I'm excited to see him. Uh, your thoughts here. What do you think? I mean, Broncos needed safety. Like I know that Broncos. Oh, Trey Marshall. Well, um, all right, Trey. Uh, sorry, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited and- for uh, Jamar Johnson. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And uh, Mr. Boggins did say he was talking about the share song. I know. I, but, okay. uh, but I yeah. think he's making a pun. On, yeah, okay. Isn't that Life uh, After Love? I, I think it is. Life After okay. Love, yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I haven't listened to a whole lot of share in my lifetime. <gasps> um, I'm sorry. Wow. I know. How dare I? But uh, no, I, I here, here's one of the big reasons – I love the Jamar Johnson pick. The Broncos have been one of the worst teams at getting turnovers for the last couple years now. Mm-hmm. And part of Vic Fangio's defense is based on being able to get turnovers. You do the bend, don't break. You hope that they make a mistake as they go down the field, get that turnover. If they don't, you stop them in the red zone. Well, they've been doing good at stopping them in the red zone, but those turnovers, those are what turn the game around. We've talked about turnover dif- differential being the big indicator. Who wins the game? Look at who won the turnover battle. Yep. And the Broncos have not been winning the turnover battle for a long time now. And uh, so you go get a guy that is a turnover machine that yeah. just makes plays. You, you can you can be okay with some missed tackles every once in a while if if it means that he's bringing in you know five, six, seven interceptions in a season. 
Yeah, and he also didn't have the best uh, pro day for Indiana. That kind of dropped him as well. Yep. You know, not he's not an explosive athlete, but safety is kind of like one of those positions, like linebackers. We're like, yes, if you can get a guy who's an absolutely dy- dynamic, dynamite, dynamo safe, uh, athlete back there, great. You know, that's awesome. You'd rather have that, but it's not like a position like edge rusher or cornerback or wide receiver, where if you don't have that athleticism, good freaking luck, right? Like those are positions that are very much predicated on athleticism, but you see it more with safety where it's an in- intelligence thing, um, instincts, things, technique thing. Uh, same with linebacker, uh, pretty much the farther away you get, ah, not true for wide receiver and cornerback, but safety there, there are things outside of athleticism that can lead to a, a good safety and teams find good safeties all the time. Day three, uh, right. Rick with the bears, Adrian Amos, uh, Eddie Jackson. I think Eddie Jackson might've been a compensatory third round pick, but almost yeah. like right he's either one of the first fourth round picks or the, one of the last third round picks. Um, but, uh, you can find those safeties. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens there. And Ann had a good comment here. Um, Jamar Johnson's a ball hawk and a good blitzer. Great range attacks the ball in the air. Reminds me of Honey Badger. See, I, Honey Badger was so physical, and uh, he could come down and like he Honey Badger was playing dime. Like for, forget like the, the slot. He was playing in the box because he is that physical. So I like the call out here for Honey Badger. But uh, Honey Badger is one of those guys where I don't see many guys like him, and I I just don't see the right. switch or the uh, physicality. Yeah. Um, but I mean, heck man, dare to dream. If he is that Broncos would be in a great spot. Right. All right. Uh, Aaron Mason, 14, no breaks, man. Uh, we beat the breaks. I don't know. Um, no, <laughs> you, breaks, might us, you might have to let us know what you mean by that. Yeah, no, um, we, oh, I think he's probably talking about, I think he's joking at me because I did a show this morning and somebody else said, Nick oh. double I don't sleep guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I sleep really hard, but I'm one of those like superchargers, right? Like I'm the high efficiency. I get six hours, but I fill up real quick and I sleep like a log. Like my my wife gets so ups- not upset, but like cat will wake her up. She's a light finicky sleeper. I'm head to pillow and I'm out until the alarm's up. I don't dream. Lucky. I don't wake up. I'm just, I black out every night. <laughs> I black out every night. And then I'm oh, up and ready to go. The alarm goes off. You have a different talk here. hit the ground. <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, all right. yeah. I, I like this one from from Jeremy Sean coming in saying Caden has the athleticism. Jamar has the instincts. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, Caden's not the most athletic guy out there, but he, he's, he's athletic, athletic enough for sure. Yeah, he's. Pre- I mean, I, I'm not trying to take too much far from, away from him, but, um, but yeah, I, I like this the safety combo. I really do. You got two different kinds of safeties that can bring different things to your your team, and. Like they're going to be special teams players right off the bat for you, no matter what. They're going to get some snaps on on defense as well, and and you can kind of ease them in since, like you said, you have Kareem Jackson going uh, probably after this season. Let them compete, see who wins the job. Whoever doesn't win the job, they're still going to get plenty of playing time as well. So it's a win win situation for the Broncos, and and to get those players where they did was great value for them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, I just got to pull this up, Carl. I'm sorry. Can you see that? Is that coming yep. up right now? Okay. There's Caden Stern's mock draft. Okay, fine. Right He's there. athletic. All right. <laughs> I didn't have to pull up the rest of the Ross, but a uh, former five-star uh, athlete. Um, qu- the question is more so the, uh, not the desire. I don't want to throw, throw that kid into the bus like that, um, but it's more so the, you know, he's got to put in the work, right? You were a five-star athlete. Now you're a fifth round pick at safety. Like cool that you were a five star. That's great. You tested great. Awesome. Um, but you're a fifth round pick and within a 
in a team that dra- used another fifth round pick on cornerbacks or a safety. So, you know, that that's great. And I think there was a quote from Dane Brugler where like in Caden Stern's junior year, he was still pulling up and reading clips about him from his freshman season. It's like, okay, buddy, like, you know, you're a great athlete and that's great. And you've got some things you can do in the league, but, uh, you know, you're going to have to show it. And I think he will, but uh, you don't want to get those guys that are too much into their, their past. You know, you got to be looking forward. So uh, we'll see. I think Stearns is a little bit more, I think he's a little bit more rigid than what you saw from Jamar Johnson. And that's not as good for the split field stuff, unless you're just having coming downhill, but I think he can do a lot of stuff and I think he can improve a lot. And uh, I think he's, he's great that he's going to have to, uh, to work for it because there's a lot of untapped potential. So uh, I'm excited. Also Stearns, what we talked about earlier, Jamar Johnson tackling, gonna bat, uh, birth by fire, baptism by fire, special teams. Stearns, Stearns will be able to fly around and make make some special teams hits that are going to be great. Gunner, yep. uh, kickoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw somebody earlier saying, does offensive tackle play special teams? Well, you see offensive tackle out there when they're like blocking for punts and kicks, but you're not seeing them like on the return teams and whatnot. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, typically you see it's the uh, back seven and like linebacker, wide receiver, running back, tight end, et cetera. Those kind of guys. Um, so um, we got Tom El Greco coming in here with the $5 Canadian uh, up north there. Let us know where you're at, Tom. Um, I got a cousin who works up in Alber- Alberta, beautiful Alberta. He he seeds clouds. What a crazy, Ooh. what a crazy job. Just that way the farmer's crops don't get destroyed by hail. Um, but um, Tom saying, were you guys disappointed that we didn't take Parsons instead of Sertan? Denver Broncos for life. Um, Tom, I'm wrong show to ask about Parsons, I guess. That was more of the uh, huddle up guys. I wanted nothing to do with Parsons personally. Uh, I think you can get linebackers day two every year. I mean, that's what the data shows. You can find good linebackers day two every season. Uh, mm-hmm. Parsons has questions in coverage and Parsons has ample character questions. So he can be really great, but uh, let's just, let's just sit back for a second. If everybody wants Broncos to take a linebacker. I get it. I get it. Here's the Dallas Cowboys over here. First round pick after first round pick after early resource at the linebacker position. Uh, you got uh, Jalen Smith. You got uh, Leighton Vanderich. You got uh, Micah Parsons now. What has that done for their defense? Right. Did they? They've, they, been, they've been freaking horrible defensively. And, and they paid, is it Spencer Lee? Spencer Lee or, was there for a while. Yeah, they yeah. paid uh, Keanu Neal to play linebacker there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, linebackers are great, but like they're probably bottom of the totem pole as far as defensive value. This is, I think it's a right. weird I, romanticized I, thing in football where um, – linebackers are like, Oh yeah, my, my dad loved the guy with the neck roll and he made big hits and whatnot. <laughs> and the the general, the field general of the defense. It's like, okay, that's great. Most linebackers are just replaceable kind of guys that you need to be in there to scheme fit. You can find them day two. They're not going to kill you. Number one defense in the football last year. Um, the Rams had absolute no names playing linebacker. Didn't right. need anything because they could get after the quarterback and uh, cover. So uh, would have been nice to, to get Micah Parsons as the player I don't know, off field stuff. I wouldn't have touched it. Broncos yeah. didn't either, I guess. Um, Okay, yeah, but uh, you can find those guys. So, no, I was not disappointed. And and I would add, I think part of it is everybody watched that Tampa Bay defense in the Super Bowl, and they're like, oh, they have these two great linebackers. Well, I mean, Travis Kelsey still went for over 100 yards in that game. So just kind of keep that in mind that they, they, they kept him out of the end zone, which was great, but they still had their struggles at times with trying to cover him between the 20s. I don't know how you could watch the, the Super Bowl and come away thinking that the linebackers was the biggest difference maker when Patrick Mahomes That's is running for his gosh darn life constantly. Right. I mean, like, I get linebackers great. You know, if you have some athletic guys there, you can do some things defensively. I'd love to get if the uh, Baron Browning, who we'll talk about here, I guess now is a good transition, um, can be a good uh, linebacker for those Broncos at Will or Mike. 
awesome. But it's much more valuable if you can get after the quarterback. So uh, that's where I'm at. Um, and speaking of Baron Browning, let's get into it, Carl, because I think this he's probably one of the most interesting picks the Broncos made. My favorite pick of this draft. I liked him a lot. He was in my top yeah. 40. Um, great athlete, did a lot of different stuff for Ohio State. Um, he came on a little bit late, another five-star guy, amazing athlete, one of the top relative athletic scorers of all time for linebackers, uh, mm-hmm. number two in this class behind Jameen Davis. Um, what do you think? I, I'm i not sure what his role is going to be. I, and this isn't a Justin Hollins situation. He's a better athlete than Justin Hollins. I think yeah. he's more flexible than Justin Hollins was, but uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to find himself a home. Well, and, and that's where I hope the Broncos do better by him than they did for Hollins. I, I really hope they are, are willing to say, hey, this is the position we're committing you to. Go yeah. learn this position. And then we'll work in some of these other things that we know you're already good at. You yeah. know, we, we know you can come on the blitz, go get after the quarterback. You're athletic enough. You can go make those kind of plays. Let us just work you at these positions. Because right now, the nice thing is, I, I know I might get some pushback for this. Careful. But Josie Careful. Jewell and, and uh, Alexander Johnson – didn't do terrible last year. They they weren't they weren't the reason the team was losing. You know they they, they did enough, and so yeah. the Broncos don't need Baron Browning to go out there and be a star day one for this defense to function. And so you can give him a little bit of time. You can have him come in for some situational football, where okay, you got that length, you've got that speed. Let's have you really work the the middle zone here and just use that length and just really cover people. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe you can go make a few plays. We can bring you on some blitzes here and there on those third down specialty plays. Great. Let's do some of that. You don't need them to start day one. And I, I know there's some people are like, get Jewel out of here, get Johnson out of here. They're really not as bad as people make them out to be. It's kind of the same thing that, that happened with the, what's his name. Oh my gosh. Todd Davis. Last, Todd Davis. There you go. See, man, you and I, we, we know you already know who I'm talking about, but he was underappreciated. Uh, he actually wasn't a bad linebacker for the Broncos, but a lot of people just saw him trying to be matched up one-on-one, which that was on the Broncos coordinators for putting him in terrible situations. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not his fault. He should, there's no way he should have been doing that. You're playing him to his weakness yeah. where thankfully last year they played Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson for the most part, a lot to their strengths. Yeah. Limited, but competent. That's yep. what I put the Broncos linebacker room right now. I don't think they're going to kill you. And everybody's screaming about tight ends. Well, you've wanted a linebacker to cover it. Well, guess what? The NFL is changing. We got a freaking cornerback slash defensive back to do that now. Who's we showed the mock draftable earlier. Uh, this is the most like um, Derwin James compared to any other defensive back ever measured as far as the athletic testing and the size. So uh, that's the guy that I'm thinking right now. And uh, we got Ann Rivera coming in here again, saying Brian and Strenad have speed to be three down linebackers. Um, Browning does or not is actually a pretty darn limited athlete. There's a reason he fell to the fifth round, but he's very fluid in space. Um, and he's a good coverage linebacker. You don't have to be, that's the, that's one of the bigger misconceptions, um, for just NFL or football fans in general. Athleticism is good to have. If you're going to be a coverage guy, but there are a lot of athletic guys who can't cover worth a darn lick. I know everybody's like, Oh man, Broncos should have taken Devin Bush. Have you watched Devin Bush in coverage? Like bad. Kenneth Murray last year, great athlete run around like a chicken with his head cut off in coverage has no idea what's going on. So, um, Shanad, yeah. very, very controlled in space, um, fluid, good mover there. You can drop him. And it's, if, especially if it's short drop zones, like you're not asking a linebacker to play one-on-one coverage in the Vic Fangio cover four defense match quarters. It's just, just not happening. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I wouldn't say a great athlete. Browning is a great athlete. Is he going to be a Sam? Is he going to be a will? 
I'm I'm not sure if he's going to be a Mike, right? Am I going to put the setting up the defense on him when he had issues with processing at Ohio State? One of the reasons he fell. I don't know. That might be an ask. That might be a big ask. But uh, as far as a speed guy in coverage that can carry a tight end up the slot or a Sam linebacker, we're fixing to find out. So uh, we should move on now to um, if there are any supers, we can get those. Oh, based Gase yeah. coming in here um, with a great question with the the crazy eyes going on there. Um, which Denver rookie has the highest bust potential? The highest bust potential. Ooh, mm, I got. I'm, I got one. Okay, I'll go first here. Uh, Quinn Miners. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So, think about this. 2019. If you actually go watch his tape, it was very inconsistent for college. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't playing against the best competition. Now he made a very smart move. He went and worked with Duke Miniweather for the entire football season. Yeah. That's one of the best people he could ever go work with, which I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what all comes from that. And we saw at the senior bowl, like he could compete, but there's still that, that question of there, there's a difference between the senior bowl and obviously then going and showing it in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I went down to the senior bowl and saw uh, Yadam loved him. You, I mean, I was on this show almost every day of that senior bowl going, go draft this guy. And and for the compensatory third round pick for a cornerback who actually looked okay for the Giants last year, yeah, in a press man scheme, I think he, I think that was not a terrible pick. Like yeah, you're, you're talking about Yadam versus like Brendan Langley. Brendan Langley is a massive buzz. Yeah, I was gonna stick around the league for a little bit. He just he was a it was an obvious from day one a bad fit for Vic Fangio's scheme. Right. Sometimes that but, happens when you fire coaches and you move on schemes, especially with how specific defensive players are to some schemes. That's going to happen sometimes. So, uh, right. sorry, I thought it was worth yeah, it. No, but I mean, so that's why for me, especially, I mean, you've already got Reisner here. You've got Cushenberry there at the center position. Those guys are still on those rookie contracts. Yeah. They could make that next step and, and really cement their positions. And so then there's kind of that one spot where it's, it's probably between Moody and, and Miners trying to get that spot there at the right guard whenever Glasgow after. I, I mean, we, we don't know. I, contracts are tough. That, that's the hard part. Um, yeah. Miners reminds me of the barrel guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I love Miners. And and so there's there's going to be just some working out of who's going to be starting among that group. And he might be the guy that's going to be more of the swing interior guy than a true starter. Yeah, uh, man, that's that's a good one. I feel like Miners, he tested well. Um, and I, I'm not going to bet against a guy who works as hard as he does. Right. Uh, for the offensive line, especially with Munchak. Here, um, I think that was more of a honestly a direct shot of at Cushenberry. Um, not that Cushenberry is going to be a bad player per se, but uh, we saw him last year. He struggled, and I thought he does. He's definitely a guy who should be coming in his own. But if you're going to run the football and be a more run predicated offense, you got to get some push up front with the especially the interior offensive line. He just didn't get that last year, so uh, we'll see. But I think there's a strong chance that your future interior offensive line is uh, Vegas left guard would be here. Uh, Reisner, Miners. Moody at right guard with uh, Miners being the, the center. But, yeah. um, well, you took the one that seemed like the, the more obvious one. So I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, Javonta Williams. I'm fine with the Javonta Williams pick. Um, but he always didn't display the best vision at uh, North Carolina. And that's a concern. Uh, if you can be a great athlete and have bursts and do a bunch of stuff, but if you can't read your gaps in the keys or process the, that in time, you're going to have issues. Uh, yeah. Trent Richardson comes to mind immediately, right? Like that's a great athlete, big guy. If you can't read what's going on in front of you or you don't have the right footwork, uh, it's going to be an issue. And also the fact that the Broncos traded up to get a running back from 40 to 
35. I mean, that's just, that's, it's not, that's not uh, John T. Williams fault at all, but like, because you're giving up that extra capital, a pick 114 they gave up, um, that does add a little bit more pressure, I think, on the pick to perform as yeah. well. So I'm fine. Yeah. I, and you guys know I'm running backs don't matter. It's hyperbole, but it's, it's still fun. Um, but the, I was actually okay with that pick because he was my last running back on running back tier one for me and to get him in day two, not burning that fifth year option. Okay. Like I don't love the yep. trade up, but okay. But I, I do think that there's just a, he does have a higher chance to be a bust. So uh good question there. Um, we got Gustavo Lopez coming here, the $5 super over on YouTube. Thank you very much, Gustavo. Hope you're doing well. Uh, do you guys think Rogers can really end up with the Raiders? If yes, what do the Broncos do then? Love you guys. Well, um, buy stock in uh, Kleenex. I think that would be a good one. Um, just uh, some sad tissues going on here in Broncos country. So that would be one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be a bad situation. I'm not going to lie to you. Like if that happened, yeah. like honestly, I feel bad for George Payton because like, if you're in this division, you have to go against Rogers Herbert, which, you know, we're still seeing after one year, there's still some flexibility or some very variability that can happen there. And Mahomes, y- you need to get, you need to luck into like a Russell Wilson level, like quarterback thing. To, to have a chance it's it's just right. that it's just that bad it would be that bad uh, not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies joe biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine they push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And so, uh, I, I don't know. What, what do we do? Make sure it doesn't happen. 
That's that's what you do. Stop it from happening. I'm I'm public health. The the best medicine is an ounce of prevention. Whatever the, the heck that saying is, Just don't let yeah. it happen. Go get him yourself. If he's gonna go to the Raiders, stop it. If the Raiders do get him, go take like a ten to fifteen year vacation, and then come back and pay attention to the AFC West because I mean Mahomes, Herbert, they're gonna be around for a while. The next four or five years, if the Raiders have yeah. Rodgers, uh, it just. If the Broncos didn't finish fourth in the division, it'd be a miracle. I have a solution. Get really into the NFL draft because that's going to be the most exciting mm-hmm. football that you have to follow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks. But uh, let's not let that happen. Let's, we're already spending a lot of time on that. Broncos fans buy tissues for tadness, sadness. And the Raiders would buy them for happiness. Ooh. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall reference. So, um Shout out to you, Jay, if that was, because that's my one of my favorite movies. Um, we should yeah. talk. You mentioned earlier, Miners. You're one. We kind of already hinted on it, but uh, we we got to start rolling through these guys. We should, top 100 pick. We got to talk about him, Carl. Yeah, Miners. Yeah. Um, year one expectation going from Whitewater. Had the year off. Work with Duke Manyweather. Where's this guy fit? What's happening? Well, I, I do think he does have a chance to start because, like I said, he's a hard worker. Interior guys struggled. I mean, Glasgow just struggled with injuries more than anything else. And yeah. first year in the system, I, I expect him to be one of the three starters just because he is the veteran and and has lots of experience, can play multiple positions. They can kind of start him wherever they need him to. Yeah. Uh, and so then it becomes Reisner and Cushenberry, both those guys, bad years. I mean, we just got to be real honest about this. It, it was, it. I feel like we're da- everybody's dancing around. Reisner was struggled last year. He, he did. He had, he started showing a little bit more as the season progressed. The yeah. beginning of the season, just there, there were a lot of struggles, considering especially the expectations of what people. I mean, we're going. This guy is going to become the next Pro Bowl player for the Broncos, and then he looked like a bottom half guard in the NFL. Replaceable, uh, right. replaceable. Um, just quick sidebar, real quick. Is this the wrong scheme for Reisner? I think he's fine in this one. I think he's got enough strength to mm-hmm. to move people. I, I just. I, I wonder a little bit if having Cushenberry next to him did really hurt a lot of what he was trying to do because he didn't have the veterans on both sides and having that center guard relationship where you're doing a lot of those combo blocks and then having to peel off to the next level. Well, if you don't have any trust in that guy, that makes it a lot harder to to really yeah. do a good job. Uh, so maybe year two in the system, maybe they, they look a lot better in that. Um, yeah. And also it sounds like, there were some struggles with communication between quarterback and center of trying to get the calls in and what kind of, yeah, (laughs) there were some struggles there. I mean, this is part of having a young offense is you're going to have just communication errors that start to show up and it got better as the year went on. But, uh, but yeah, Cushenberry job on the line, buddy miners. He could come in there. I mean, he played center at at the senior bowl and people liked what he looked like. Reisner again, that that's what miners played in college was left guard. So both those guys and, and Moody as well. I mean, that that's another guy that's still out there that had some, some moments of greatness last year. I mean, I think people kind of hyped it up a little bit more than it was. He had some pancake blocks and then he had some really bad blocks. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to remember he, he was very inconsistent as well. I mean, that's the, the name of the game for everybody except for bowls last year. Yeah. And we have uh, Powell coming in here, our Powell, uh, who could be better at offensive tackle miners or Moody. Um, the answer is no. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> Moody has like th- 
tiny arms, which is unfortunate, but it's just the reality of it. He's not playing tackle. He may, I think he might have played left tackle. Um, but I think George coming here neither. Um, and then uh, Miners is sub six three. Um, you're talking about two massive outliers. Like those guys, they're interior offensive linemen. That's fine. There's a reason that offensive tackles go so early because there are just so few guys that actually have the body type, right? Yeah. Like there's there are hundreds of guys who are six two to or six foot one to six four. 300 pounds, 32 inch to 33 inch arm length, right? There's a lot of those, those six foot five, six foot six, 34 inch arm length guys with the movement skills rare. Yeah. Like, that's that's why those guys go early. And that's why you see guys like a name in the dark, the Raven Clark, absolutely just terrible. Not a good NFL player. Just not a good tackle, but he had the, the things that are the uncoachables. So somebody's going to take a shot on him. That's just, that's just how it goes with offensive tackle. Right. Yeah, if there's a interior guy that I'm willing to give a shot at right tackle, it's probably Reisner. Yep. He's got yep. some length to him. He's got he, he's he's played it before. So yep. th- there's some expectations there a little bit, but I'd still rather keep that interior strong, keep the depth strong there because we did have some injuries there last year. Mm-hmm. And uh and then bring in a guy like Dennis Kelly to really upgrade that position, have Anderson and Pope compete for that swing tackle position. And I think you can feel pretty good about where the offensive line is at that point. Yeah. But yep, absolutely. That's a good point. Oh, we got to get moving here. It's probably another 10 minutes to go unless the supers cart start pouring in, which uh, sometimes happens. Um, but uh, talking here, I do think it's important to talk about miners and Browning in the context of what could have been um, from what my understanding is uh, the Broncos were fully prepared to take uh, Brady Christensen offensive tackle, with their first third round pick and the Panthers took him the pick before. So the Broncos pivoted and traded back and got two third round picks. Awesome. That's great. Um, but uh, Brady Christensen, so everybody wanted an offensive tackle. Well, didn't work out that way. And then um, the Broncos also with the Quentin Miners pick, they were targeting from my understanding. I didn't talk with Munchak or Peyton personally, but they were targeting uh, Spencer Brown who went like three picks before Miners yep. did. So uh, they're looking at tackles. This doesn't always work out that way. And good teams right. don't panic. They trust their board and uh, go the other way. It's unlike the, uh, the the Cowboys who just panicked after panic and made terrible picks after terrible picks. But uh, anyway, um, no super serious. Let's move on. We still have some more um, draft picks to get to here. Let's kick it off to day three. So we talked about, um, obviously, the Broncos. We talked about Stearns a little bit, too. We talked about Johnson. We should definitely get into the sixth and seventh round picks here. And these guys deserve a little bit more time than we'll give them. But uh, if they're making news and uh, – Rookie camp, training camp, et cetera. We'll definitely circle back around. Yeah. Uh, Seth Williams, your thoughts on him. The, Bron- the the back of the Broncos wide receiver room is quite interesting. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I, I I said it on draft night that that is the kind of wide receiver that I'd get in because, one, you're going to have to make a decision between Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And this is that kind of wide receiver, that big X that can go up, get the football, uh, needs to work on some some route running, of course because he's not very skilled, but that was the same thing we said about Cortland Sutton coming out. He's got enough speed. He's, he's strong. He's got to work on getting better off of press coverage. That was one yeah. thing he did struggle with in college. Uh, but it does sound like he worked with Chris Harris, old mm-hmm. Bronco worked with him. And, and if there's anybody that knows about being technical and what you're doing, it's Chris Harris. Yeah. Now I, I didn't always like Chris Harris's attitude on some things. And uh, he was a little more. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when he was here, you loved it. But um but yeah, I think that kind of making that kind of decision, go work with one of the best technical cornerbacks in football to pr- improve your game. That's that's very smart. 
And yeah. he's already got the things that you can't coach his ability to go above the rim, make those kind of catches, strong hands. Uh, he's a competitor. I mean, I think everybody's seen possibly the video where some cornerback is bad mouthing him and all of a sudden next play, boom, he goes and makes a play. So I, I, like I said, I like this pick. I think he can be a great player for them and a nice back end for the wide receiver room. I will say watching Seth Williams, it was painful and it's not his fault. It is Bonix, the quarterback. I'm Oh my God. I, like I'm a Hawkeye fan and I've had to watch plenty of inaccurate quarterbacks over the years. At least Bonex brings a little bit in the athleticism <laughs> department, but like good God, if, if wide receiver is such a predicated position on quarterback and Bonex ain't in it folks. I can't believe they jettisoned Malik Willis for Bonex at Auburn. What, what is going on? War Eagle. What is going on? Yeah. Um, Seth Williams. I like him a lot. Uh, this is a pick that we hint talked about a lot. Day three, where it's like, okay, Broncos future needs. What are some areas I could fill X wide receiver, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, uh, final years of their contracts, probably not keeping both, but you are going to want to have another X receiver on this roster and receivers typically take a year to really get going. Um, so getting Zach Azani, uh, Seth Williams, who was, I think a four-star recruit, a good athlete, plucks the ball out of the air pretty darn well, can get off press. He also needs to work on, um, separation, right? He just, he just, he plays too tall. He just yeah. pl- plays too tall. Um, but, uh, I think he's going to be a good one. I, I like him a lot. This is a good value pick here in the yep. sixth round. And uh, some people will be upset about it, but uh, this is, depending on the contract situation, this is a Cortland Sutton slash Tim Patrick placement. You're, yep. you're not paying both. It's just the reality of the NFL. There's a salary cap. You can't. Right. They're not going to pay both. Um, but uh, that's that, that's what this is for. I am curious though, how are they going to work these numbers in here? Right, the, the, uh, Deshaun, Deontay Spencer, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Tyree Cleveland. Like, I just, I'm not sure what how the numbers game adds up. Yeah, I, I mean. We've heard some talks that they are trying to possibly trade a couple wide receivers that Tim Patrick could be a part of a, a trade package. So that's a possibility. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, you're right. This is kind of a, a a difficult situation where you, I mean, it's a good situation to have where you got too many good players and you're going to have them have to go compete for roster spots. Uh, That's a great thing. And, and I'm kind of looking forward to the Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams kind of battles of who gets that kind of last wide receiver spot possibly. Uh, and, and like I said, if they trade Tim Patrick, then maybe both of them can make the roster, but yeah. uh, it just at, at this point, yeah, you're kind of throwing some darts at the board, picking some players you think have some high potential and hoping that they can come out. Yeah. And with the old end of the noose is Jay. I mean, that's just the reality of the NFL, right? It's the young man's game. And it's, that's kind of like what a good college programs too, right? They bring in that five-star recruit and some of them will lie to you, but uh, anybody who has any uh, wherewithal at all should understand that uh, next year, guess what that recruiter is going to do? They're going to look for your replacement. So uh, good luck. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the NFL. Also, you need to circulate uh, young cost control players because guys get older, guys get dinged up and uh, you don't want to pay them. So that's just, it's just how it is. Yep. Um, it sucks, but uh, that's, that's the nature of the business. It's just, and it always will be that way, unfortunately. Um, but okay, seventh round picks here. We got to fly. I am um, Kerry Vincent Jr. I'm curious, a guy who's opted out this year. Um, I think it was Lance Sirline who hinted that some teams don't love his attitude. Um, what that means specifically, is it work ethic? Is it uh, other character stuff? I don't know, but uh, I liked him a lot on tape, small, but good athlete from yeah. the slot position. Uh, I don't know if Bryce Callahan has put on notice with this pick this year, but 2022 and beyond. Yes. And also I think it's saying Bassey. Very much put on notice. I think a lot of people talk about us saying Bassey, and I know he had some good plays last year, but watching the the mesh last year where he had to like 
chase a receiver. Gouge <laughs> my eyes out. I'm sorry, Bassie. Yeah. Just like he can't keep up. He doesn't yeah. have the athleticism to do it. Guys are getting released easily. Uh, I think that's a different case with uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., who is who's got that twitch. Yep. No. Yeah, he does, and uh, he, he's one of those guys that could be that seventh round gem that everybody's like, how did everybody miss on this guy? Uh, mm-hmm. And or he could flame out real quick. I mean, it just at the seventh round. You're picking guys that you hope can help on special teams early on, and he should be able to because, like I said, he's got that that lightning fast speed to get yeah. down the field, go make some plays. And this is the first year I'm actually kind of excited about these the special teams units. Yeah, I have I've been like scared to death to even talk about special teams because mm-hmm. of how bad they've been for so long. Now we got some guys that you're sitting there saying you get that guy on the unit. I, I think I think it could be something special. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think somebody asked me, I think it was the morning show, like who's the, the deepest sleeper on this team. I think Vincent can be a starter in this defense, uh, 2022 yeah. and beyond. I think there's a good chance right. of that. Um, and man, I had another point that I wanted to make, but it slipped away. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm happy that he's on this team. I like the pick a lot and slots are devalued in the NFL, but uh, that means that you get guys who are more scheme specific niche, uh, smaller niche. What up goofy? Hey, yuck. All right, sorry, I had to do that. It's, we're getting the silly season here. Uh, last pick here for the Broncos. Oh, two more picks. Oh, my gosh. Three seventh-round picks. That's right. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Cooper, uh, heart procedure. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to exactly fit in this defense. I think it's much more like, especially the heart procedure going on, but I think Cooper probably fits more as a uh, a depth guy, or obviously a depth guy, but maybe practice squad slash uh, maybe IR. Is, but the heart procedure, I mean, that's something where, like, the Broncos are like, oh, man, you have the IR procedure, the uh, whatever. We can put him on IR and uh, protect him for a year, yeah. so to speak from him getting picked up. And then you just have that additional guy next year. I don't, th- I think it still costs a year against the cap. Like I think he'd only have three years left of control after that. Right. I think. Um, but uh, that's something that the Broncos could do there with that seventh round pick to, to protect him. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I'm trying to remember how, how did they do that with Jake, Butt? because there was, there was some where he ended up getting kind of an extra year because of some injuries. We need to ask Bob. That's yeah, well, well, yeah, that's a Bob question. So somebody hit up Bob on Twitter so we can get on that, or we'll we'll hit up Bob on Twitter here sometime. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that, that's a good plan. I mean, you don't need him right now, and uh, unless there's some serious injuries, obviously. Yeah, and I but, don't. I just want to add real quick. I don't mean to make light of the heart procedure. Like yeah. if it's like that's serious freaking thing. He had one earlier in his life too, and that's probably one of the reasons he fell to the seventh. Although you know that's kind of probably six seventh. That's probably where he's expecting him anyway. But uh, it's more like teams do this with guys who like a young player who might be a borderline player that needs a year. He has a hammy. Oh, that hammy. Oh man. It's a serious hammy. He's got to go on the IR for the whole year. Yeah. Teams do this. Um, so that, <laughs> not to make light of the heart thing. I hope it right. works out well for him. I mean, he seems also like just overall a plus character draft. I mean, maybe Kerry Vincent question mark there as far as some of the, the que- I can't dig into that. I haven't heard the specifics, but I've know some people have hinted at it. And uh, Marquis Spencer, four-star guy, and good transition. Marquis Spencer didn't always show it on the field. A little bit up and down. You, you're hoping that the light comes on, um, but uh, that's that's the pick. Honestly, that's the guy out of all these ones. I'd watch all of them. Typically, Broncos take some guys. And I'm like, okay, didn't have time to get to him. Got, watch all of them besides Marquis Spencer, but he does look like a guy who might be able to do some one gapping stuff. Um, and the interior, uh, he's one that I am expecting will be on the practice squad this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know it was a, it was a shallow interior defensive line class. Now we're talking about a seventh round interior defensive lineman. So uh, put him on ice. We'll probably see some flashes 
from him in a training camp, but, uh, or in preseason, but, uh, you know, he's one that I'm not expecting anything from this year. He's one like a open off season, 2022. And then we'll kind of really understand what's going on. He's going to need a year in the program. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. And yeah. thankfully think the Broncos have such depth this year that they allow some of these guys to have a year to sit and, and learn unless there's some serious injuries that do happen every once in a while. But it's the nice thing to have. And and we've always talked about on the show, we don't expect a whole lot from rookies. Especially if, if outside of the top 50. Right. If you expect these rookies to like come in and just explode onto the scene, Javante Williams could, just because running backs can hit the ground running a lot of times in the NFL. Sertan, he, he's going to get plenty of snaps on, on defense, those kind of things. But for the most part, they really don't get a whole lot of opportunities. And mm-hmm. so you're looking at years two through four. What... Where do they stack up for the team years two through four? Uh, Draymond Jones is a great example. He didn't play much his rookie year. Second year, got a lot more playing time. This year, looks like he's going to be a starter and, and become a star for this defense. So th- that's kind of the projection that you're trying to have for these rookies. Yep, exactly. So uh, guys, that's going to get us out of here. Oh, we go, Jay, real quick. Uh, Sertan versus Tyreek scares me. Tyreek versus anybody should scare you. It's, it's yeah. kind of like the thing with Travis Kelsey, right? Like, oh man, the Broncos don't have a linebacker to match up against him it's going to be far more dependent on the entire structure and scheme of the defense to slow those guys down than an, than a singular player. Because if there was a Tyreek Hill stopper out there, teams would be trying to get them right. There's yeah. not really a, there's not a type. It's going to take more on the, the scheme, of the defense, the depth of the secondary, your ability to get pressure with four. So you can drop guys into coverage without, you know, having to send more guys to blitz to get pressure. So it's an overall, right. like everything feeds into it, right? It's a positive feedback well, loop. And I would say Tyreek changed how teams look at those quicker, smaller wide receivers. I mean, look at Speed some kill. of the guys, how much how how much those guys really got drafted up higher this year compared to a lot of other years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the Tyreek Hill factor where he yep. burst onto the scene. Before that, they were going the bigger, stronger guys, go up there, jump, the Mike Williams kind of guys. Now it's the speed guys. It, it just kind of rotates throughout the NFL. Why? Well, I- this is we don't have time to get into this in depth, but the uh, game's changed a little bit. Air raid spread uh, and things being very much based on creating explosive plays, right? Like EPA per play is dictating a lot of uh, analytics in football. Yep. So uh, that's if you can get guys who are more likely to score a touchdown from 40 yards out than one who's not the guys who can do that are going to be valued more. Just the name of the game. So uh, speaking of the name of the game, we got to get out of here, guys. We appreciate the heck out of you guys. Um Thank you for all the supers that came in tonight. A lot of good comments. Carl, do you have something to say? Looks like you were. Nope. nope. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. My hand's just right there. I'm, all right. It looks like I have a point. Okay. Nope. Um, Go ahead. And uh, so, nope, that's going to do it tonight, guys, for the Building the Broncos podcast. We appreciate the heck out of you guys. Um, we'll be back again uh, next Tuesday. Uh, God willing, if I'm not lost in the wilderness in the Olympic Peninsula. So uh, keep me uh, thoughts and prayers there uh, for, the, <laughs> for me and my, uh, my friends and my wife there. Uh, hopefully no bears of the areas where we're camping. Somebody spotted nine massive black bears there, um, just this weekend. So I got the bear spray, but, uh, hopefully get some good pictures. Um, maybe I'll see Justin Fields out there. Some of those bigger Tevin Jenkins, the, those bears out in the <laughs> drafted here. Um, follow us on Twitter at BTB football pod, uh, follow the mothership guys at mile high huddle. That's where all of our content is. All the articles you can find these shows as well, um, out that way. Also, guys, biggest thing you can do for me, I know not everybody is in the the area or the state where they can donate in the Super Chats. Granted, we love the Supers. If you can Super, we'll appreciate the heck out of them. But if you can't, next best thing you can do, subscribe, like, and share. 
over on YouTube. Um, that gets these shows to new viewers. It gets um so and also set to have the notifi- notifications go off. So that way when we go live, hey, bing, Carl and Nick are going to be on for building the Broncos. It's Tuesday night. Let me get in there. Let me pull up my phone. I'm driving home from work. I'm bored anyway. I don't need to listen to whatever's on the radio. I'm going to hang out with my friends, Nick and Carl. So subscribe, like, and share. That can do us a heck of a lot of good. Go join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Also, if you guys like the hats here, Carl and I rocking these up. We need to get some up. A lot of people say, oh, building the Broncos, my favorite pod. We'll prove it. Let's see the swag in the, uh, the YouTube pictures there. I see sometimes let them hate. I see some huddle up pod. You know, that's great. Nothing against, you know, those ones, but these hats are pretty, sl- pretty sleek. Mm-hmm. I like these ones. I got the, got the mic right here. And also I always love the white with the, the, the color as well. That's, yep. that's always been my favorite. Got to keep them clean. Um, but guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, unless uh, John has anything else uh, going out, going on for us right now. Um, Carl, are you going to do so? Uh, Carl's going to come out with the Quinn Miner shirts, right? No, I, I don't want to do that on there. He's he's uh, already got his own brand. He's got the Belly of the Beast shirts. Oh man, those those look actually pretty sweet. I'm gonna have to get myself one of those. That's uh man. I he's I'm really pulling for him because he's very fun. Also, I really hope that like the Broncos for years. This is going back to the LA era. The offensive line has kind of had a had a vow of silence where they're like blocking out the media a lot of times. Obviously, not always the case. We had Graham Glasgow on here, so he will talk. But a lot of times, there's a little bit more of a vow of silence with those guys. But the minor's too much personality to keep contained, right? Like, mm-hmm. let, let the big boys talk. They're funny. They're some of the most intelligent guys out there. They are uh, protectors. I mean, I'm a I'm cornbread, cornfed Iowa guy. Let me see those guys. Oh, we, we drag it on long enough, and we get that out-the-door super sticker here from Muhammad Badri. Muhammad, thank you so much. Um, well, guys, uh, John will let us know what the super sticker is, but we probably got to get on out of here. We got things to do. We appreciate all of you, Muhammad, coming in. Was good, fam. Muhammad, we missed you today, but uh, check us out. We'll be on iTunes. Love y'all. Have a good one. And, oh, I my phone's plugged in, Jay. I, I don't have it. I'm sorry. It's uh, it's away from me. <laughs> um, but we horn. Okay. There we go. Appreciate y'all. Uh, have a good one. Building Broncos loves you. And uh, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 